Today I want to discuss a passage in John chapter 14. This is a vital passage to understanding the supernatural, the miraculous, how to receive things by faith, how healing works. All of that is very, very tied up to a particular truth that is revealed inside of this passage. So I'm going to start by reading the passage, and then I'm going to come, to, come back and break down a lot of the different points within it. John 14, verses 5 through 14. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father as he remains in me, does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This passage of Scripture is very worth meditating on. I'd like to first focus on verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Jesus does not suggest that if you believe in him, you will not do the works that he does. That doesn't seem to be an option. Jesus expects that us believing in him will be able to successfully do the works that he does. I came to an interesting place in my faith many years ago where I decided to ask myself a hard question. I love to ask myself challenging questions as it is where much of my spiritual growth has come from. But I had to ask, if I am not doing the things that Christ did, am I truly believing in Christ? Did I believe in Jesus Christ? Did I simply believe in the idea of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to believe? How do I believe in Jesus? I mentally assent to a fact. I mentally accept Jesus as Lord. But how does that actually manifest as belief in him so that the works that he does, I do also? I'd like to share a story that's somewhat of a parable. This is a demonstration that I'll often do in person with three particular props. And the props are a monocular, a set of binoculars, and a telescope. So it goes like this. I have this monocular that I received from my friend Moses. 
And this monocular is really, really cool. When I look through it, I really like to look at the moon. This monocular gives me the ability to see the moon a little bit closer than I can with my bare eyes. This monocular also comes with the unique ability and understanding that when I look at the moon, it's like I can understand the laws about the moon. What is it that causes the moon to glow at night? What is it that causes the moon to move around? Why does it have craters? Why does it rotate? There's just an understanding about the laws in effect for the moon that seems to come when I look through this monocular from my friend Moses. Then one day I was hanging out with my buddy Elijah and he said something about giving me double the ability to see. He said I could have a double portion of looking at the moon. And I was expecting to see the moon twice as close. Yet what he gave me was a pair of binoculars. And so they didn't see any closer than the binocular. It's just like the view was a little bit more complete now that I was looking with both eyes and not just one of my eyes. But then one day, my friend Jesus came along. And he handed me this device that was a telescope. And when I looked through that telescope for the first time, I could see details about the moon that I had never even knew existed looking through the monocular and the binoculars. It's not that the monocular or binoculars were ineffective. It's just that they weren't designed to do what the telescope was designed to do. The telescope, when I look through, I can see such detail. I can see craters on the moon. I can see spots, dark places, light places. There is such incredible detail when I look through this telescope. Now, Jesus is very much like that telescope in that when we behold him, it's like we're beholding God himself being revealed to mankind. Moses and Elijah, I have nothing against. Moses, uh, they're amazing characters within the scripture. Moses brought the law that helped guide a lot of the people. He led the Exodus. He helped bring people all the way up to the promised land. Elijah was an awesome character with a bunch of amazing inspirational stories. And so there's nothing wrong with Moses and Elijah. It's just they're not the Christ. The law and the prophets were designed to point us to the Christ. They were not designed to be the Christ. And so there's an understanding that when we look at Jesus, we get the best revelation of God the Father there is. We can still learn from other people in the scripture, but one of the things that we truly must learn is that Jesus Christ himself is the Messiah, and that means that he is the best revelation of God that we could ever receive. So he's the one we want to focus on the absolute most. Back to John chapter 14, verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you know him and have seen him. 
Here, Jesus is basically telling us to remove the distinction between himself and the Father. Jesus is telling us that they are one, one and the same. Jesus is handing us here a paradigm shift, if you will, a way to believing. I realize that sometimes in life it is possible for us to have two different things, two different concepts that exist in the world that we have merged into one idea in our head. And sometimes there are ideas in our head that we have merged or separated as two and they should be merged into one. And when it comes to the Trinity, it's kind of a mind-blowing concept because the Trinity, like us, is three beings that are one. You know, we as humans have a spirit, a soul, and a body. And likewise, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's a triune God, and we are triune beings. Yet, what Jesus is telling us here is not to negate the reality that there is a Father and a Son that are kind of separate, but they are also one. Jesus is really just helping us to focus on the part where they are one. So in our mind, we need to understand that Jesus Christ himself, who we see revealed in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in our mind, we need to have that when we see Jesus, we see God. There is no separation between them. Jesus did not come to manifest sin to us in disconnection from God. Rather, he came to remove that from us and give us back the connection to God. So when we see Jesus, we see the Father, and we need to have this belief that says they are one and the same. The reason why this belief is so important is if you don't have the ability to see God and to know who God is reliably, then we become very double-minded and wishy-washy. It's hard to have faith in God when we don't know who he is. And that's actually something scripture teaches, is that we have to know the will of God. And the way that we know the will of God is by knowing God. And the way that we know God is by knowing Jesus. Moving on to verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. What was Philip thinking? Yet he still failed to grasp. This is a great question to ask. Well, we can put ourselves in Philip's shoes and then Jesus' shoes. Philip had been with Jesus for probably a good portion of time and yet did not grasp the union with Christ and the Father. Philip likely knew that Jesus was a prophet, that he was from God, that he was the Christ, the Messiah, a miracle worker, a healer, Yet there was something perhaps even greater or more relevant to this conversation that Philip had not yet grasped, that Christ wanted to teach. This is important for us. I think sometimes it's too easy for us to just kind of brush it off as, oh, Philip, you should have known that. And because we have a book today with this story, we just think automatically somehow we're walking more perfect than Philip. But I think about the fact that Philip literally walked with Christ there in the flesh, in person, getting to observe, witness, and see. And this light bulb had not yet gone off. Christ wanted us to perceive another part of his nature, which was different than the other parts of the nature Philip had already grasped. 
Christ wanted us to understand the union between Jesus and the Father. And according to Christ, this is what we must grasp to do the miraculous. We are going to do our best to grasp this nature of Christ that is often not grasped even by those who have walked with Christ for years. I spent many years as a Christian before I even began to understand this concept. We will look into union between us and Christ soon. But right now we're going to just start with the union between Christ and Father. What we're going to come to find out is that the same union we witness with Jesus is the same union you and I are allowed to walk in. We're just not the Savior of mankind, but the Savior of mankind opened up the pathway for us to walk in relationship with God, just like we see Jesus doing. So Christ came down in the flesh as a man. But is it possible we have not fully grasped that God truly came to us in our own form? We believe that a perfectly sinless man came to redeem us from our sins and that he was the Son of God. But do we grasp that he was the image of God? Moving on to verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? I think another way to express this from Jesus is Jesus is saying, Have I been with you so long, Philip, and yet you still have not grasped all of my different identities and natures and things I am here to reveal? I am the embodiment of God the Father. That is what Jesus was saying to Philip. Philip was literally staring at what he should have seen revealing God and completely missing it. He said, hey, show me God. Verses 10 and 11. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father, as he remains in me, does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. So here, Jesus is speaking about a union, I would say from two different perspectives. Jesus is in the Father. That's one aspect that we should look at the union from. The other is the Father is in Jesus. Here, Jesus is saying that a specific kind of believing and faith is required to do the works that he does and greater works. And Jesus specifically says that we need to believe that he is in the Father and the Father is in him. And that is what he is calling believing or having faith in this concept for the miraculous, for doing his works. But practically speaking, what does it actually mean to believe this? I kind of think of it like two sides of the same coin. You've got a, a quarter, you know, and on one side you've got one picture, and on the other side you've got the other picture. And I think of that as Jesus. It's like the one side is the Father and the other side is Jesus. 
We can identify the coin from either side. Another way to think about this is I have a three-year-old son who I absolutely adore. It's my wonderful son, Oliver. And sometimes he likes to snuggle with me while he's watching TV. Uh, right now we've been watching a lot of different cartoons. Uh, Peppa Pig seems to be popular. This Bluey show out of Australia. And Blaze. He loves those three shows right now. And so sometimes we'll sit down snuggling on the couch. And Oliver's watching the TV. Sometimes I'm watching TV, but most of the time I'm just watching Oliver. I love my son, and I love to sit there and look and behold my son, this wonderful, precious gift that God has given me. And every once in a while, my son will look up and look at me, just look me in the eyes and connect to me. And it's a wonderful experience. And it makes me think of this union between Jesus and the Father. It's as though Jesus was here on the earth, kind of looking at what was going on around him, kind of like my son watches TV. But my son can always be aware of my presence and can always look to me and connect to me everywhere he is and everywhere he's going. I think of that like Jesus and the Father. The Father is focusing on Jesus. The Father is giving his attention actively to Jesus. Likewise, Jesus is actively focusing on the Father and receiving that attention from the Father. I believe that you and I have the ability to do the same thing and enter into the same kind of relationship with the Father that Jesus had. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. For the next three to five podcasts, I'm going to keep expounding on this particular subject. Bear with me on this. This is a strong, powerful, foundational truth that is absolutely worth grasping. I would encourage you to meditate on this, spend time in the presence of God, ask Him to renew your mind to these truths, because they are foundational to really building faith for seeing more of the miraculous.